0: Hello Marvelites, welcome to episode 21 of This Week in Marvel, Marvel's official podcast for all news, new releases, stuff going on throughout the Marvel Universe and beyond. I am Ryan Panagos, also known as Agent M, Marvel Digital Media Group's Executive Editorial Director, joined by Ben Morse,
1: Associate Editor of Marvel.com, happy to be joining you guys once again as we never miss a week. On this show, he said, knocking on wood. Yeah. Uh, Metaphorically.
0: Well, you just jinxed us. Great. Yeah. Thanks a lot.
1: Doing good so far, man. We yeah. managed to get one in last week, even though you were out to L.A. for WonderCon. We slipped it in under the radar, gotten through technical difficulties. Am I being a little arrogant? Perhaps. But I think I think we've earned that right.
0: Yes. Also joined by Nancy Gwynn. Gwyn, right? Win. Win. It's Naguin. Yeah. gwyn Yeah. It's You don't pronounce any of the you words. Heavily, the you hev- heavily, pronounce, yeah. heavily pronounce the N and the G. And I the should know this by now, after yeah. 45 years that we've been working together. Yeah. Last week we had WonderCon, and then if you are a subscriber to This Week in Marvel, which I assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, you would have gotten our This Week in Marvel mini, a short, about 13-minute episode. It's an interview I did along with Strami. Uh, We interviewed Sam Humphreys at WonderCon. He was great. He's the writer of John Carter, Gods of Mars, which we will talk about on this episode, as well as the upcoming co-writer and then full writer of Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates. And he's super great. It's a fun episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to try and do more of the mini episodes. Well, we're going to try and do them
1: every week. Yeah, we're going to try to, you know, we've heard your requests. You guys want more guests on the show. Uh, it was hard logistically to fit guests and everything else in here. So we are going to try in the near future to, uh, do more minis that are specifically targeted interviewing guests. So suggestions for guests, you know, sky's the limit, whether you want to see us talk to people in the office, people out West, talent, celebrities, obviously we can't fulfill all your requests, but it never hurts to ask. So we'll try to get out to the ground, but enjoy that Sam Humphreys one for now.
0: Yep. But for now, let's get right into the mix and start with comics on sale this week. We had a big one to kick this week off with Amazing Spider-Man
1: number 682 by Dan Slott and Stefano Caselli. We've been talking for quite some time about Ends of the Earth, the next big Spider-Man saga, and it began this week in Amazing Spider-Man. Stefano Caselli's been taking some time off to get ready for this arc, and it really shows because his art is dynamite. It's off the wall. It's infused with a ton of energy as we basically get the setup for what's going to be the ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six showdown and also Dr. Octopus's, in his mind, last great hurrah. He's dying. He wants to go out with a bang. They've been planning things for the last few years, um, so we see all the seeds kind of start to come to fruition here. Doc Ock has a very interesting, very severe opening gambit where he's sort of, not to be confused with the X-Men character, this is the strategium, He basically holds the Earth hostage, but there's a twist, and he and the Sinister Six have some big plans. The Avengers come into play. Peter Parker has been preparing for this. He's known the Sinister Six is coming, and even though they kind of take him by surprise as far as how big this plan seems to be, he has got some specific technology he's been gearing towards them. Shaping up to be a really cool kind of, you know, on the weekend with your buddies, you used to throw all your action figures in and just mess around with them, big action, fun story. We have to see a little bit of the Spider-Man world, Peter Parker's world in this issue as they get ready for Ends of the Earth. But from here on in, it's going to be wall-to-wall action. So everything you can get and more from Amazing Spider-Man.
0: Also this week, we had Avengers X-Sanction number four, not number three. Whoever put number three on our list here that you listeners can't see, you're fired. You know what? That was actually me. You're so, fired. Oh yeah. I, uh,
1: I, I updated the list this morning. I noticed that X-Sanction wasn't on there. I put number three. So it's been a pleasure uh, working with you guys, and I will see you
0: in the future. Fantastic. So Avengers X-Sanction number four is the finale to this limited series by Jeff Loeb, Ed McGuinness, Dexter Vines, and Mario Hollowell. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous book. I just absolutely love Ed McGuinness's work. And in this, you have a bunch of really cool double-page spreads. Big, crazy action. It's Cable fully messed up by the techno-organic virus battling the Avengers, which is Red Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, Falcon, Wolverine. You've got Cyclops there. You've got Hope there. You've got Blacksmith in the mix. Um, But things do not go well for Cable throughout the course of the issue. Fortunately, Hope is there. The Avengers have a little... I guess, compassion towards the end and Cyclops is there. It all gets wrapped up. It's all resolved in a way that I was very pleased with, which I won't spoil a lot for you. Just if you're a cable fan, check out this issue. And if you're getting ready for AVX, Avengers versus X-Men, this is a big issue. It sets up a lot for hope and for really the dynamic that is to come. Um, it's one of the last times you'll see the X-Men and the <clears throat> Avengers sort of working together to, deal with a, a problem and it's actually something we'll we'll talk about another issue mm-hmm. later in this podcast mm-hmm. but good good stuff glad this uh this all got resolved deadpool number five it's, it sounds like
1: you're saying oh, i'm glad this all got resolved it's like these people you know oh, i'm glad they worked it all out between themselves yeah yeah you it's know nothing bad can come yeah. can happen now yeah deadpool number 52 part three of the dead storyline by daniel way with art this issue by ale garza Deadpool's master plan to get his hands on a serum that will cancel out his healing factor and thus allow him to fulfill his dream of finally dying. Continue here his, his machinations involving X-Force, the Kingpin, Bob, Agent of Hydra, Tombstone, Typhoid Mary, Dokken. They're all in the mix here. It's all Deadpool's demented chess game. We're starting to see how it all comes together, but I like that we still haven't seen fully the strings that are going on. But the crux of this issue is X-Force coming into conflict with Kingpin and the Hand. It's a really cool, really brutal battle. Uh, Deadpool starts to lose control of the situation, which should come as a surprise to no one. X-Force starts to grasp what's going on, and there is a last-page twist that is very, very interesting. This is one of the this is one of my favorite Deadpool storylines I've seen in quite some time. I love the layers and the art in this issue. Really exciting as well. Garza is, is a great artist for this particular storyline, so check that out.
0: I really like that in recent issues between X-Force and Deadpool, they, they're really hammering home that Deadpool's not an idiot. No. He may sometimes act like an idiot, and he's definitely crazy, but he's, he's not an idiot, and he, he's, he's got bigger things going on than, than some people expect. He may play the fool. That's what I said. Doesn't mean he is the, I'm summarizing what you
1: yeah, yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, well, come on. Next putting issue. It to, putting it to bite size. I also actually like in this Deadpool issue, even though it's very brief, that there's a little aside between Deadpool and Typhoid Mary because they had a thing going on way back in the Joe Kelly days. So, nice little Easter egg. Fear Itself, the Fearless, number 11 of 12, which makes it the... Penultimate. That's right. The penultimate issue as we round the corner on Fear Itself, the Fearless. This is very simply described just a big old action issue. It's... Valkyrie, the Avengers, the Future Foundation, the X-Men, everyone who was recruited last issue to help out, they are battling the Serpent's Sleeper, uh, the Serpent's Destroyer. It's a souped-up, mystical, technological combination of the Destroyer armor and the Sleeper technology that Captain America has been battling for years. It is controlled by Sin. He's got this cool-looking keychain-type thing. He basically has all the hammers of the Worthy on a keychain and uses them. It's, It's the best way to describe it. Look, at right there on the Art Adams cover. Uh, it's, I read the issue, yes. Yes, yes. So anyways, big fight issue. It's these heroes doing everything they can to throw all they've got against this incredibly powerful adversary. Very little works. So if you're a fan of just, you know, insurmountable odds and big battles where the heroes have to find a way to win, this is the issue for you. Beautiful art by both Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier, written by Colin Bunn with Matt Fraction and Chris Yost. Just a lot of cool moments within. Uh, We have Crossbones playing an interesting role. Damon Hellstrom, our boy, playing an interesting role. Doctor Strange having stuff going on. But, of course, the story circles back to Valkyrie and Sin and what's going on with them. If you've been enjoying The Fearless like I have, this is a very nice payoff for all your patients Uh, as the plots have developed that really, really ramp up here. A lot of fun. I want to see what happens to Damon. I don't know what's going to happen to Damon. He's really put himself
0: in want someone to uh, punch him in the face.
1: Yeah, he's put himself in a weird position here in uh, Fear Itself, the Fearless. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of game he was playing when we get to the final issue. Formic Wars, Silent Strike, number four of five, our adaptation and expansion of Orson Scott Card's Ender's Game universe. This is, of course, the prequel origin of how the Formics came to Earth. In this issue, the humans continue to battle back, and actually, much like in the Fearless, they have to—they're—they're outgunned by this alien race, so they have to use their wits to find unorthodox ways to battle back. I thought it was pretty cool. That's what I've liked most about this series—is kind of the the strategy, the how do we make this work, the how do we use the tools at our disposal. It's written by Aaron Johnston, art by Giancarlo Caracuzo. If you're looking for something different than normal superhero fare. War Sound Strike has been
0: a very clever, very enjoyable series. Generation Hope number 17, the final issue of the series by James Asmus, Takishi Miyazawa, and Jim Charalampidis. I think I got it right. I have no idea. Yeah. Good job. Yep. Uh, This is the final issue of the series. It wraps up the I wouldn't say it wraps up the story for Generation Hope as a team, as a group, because they are going to have a big part in AVX, particularly Hope, mm-hmm. but the Generation Hope kids yep. do go to the Avengers Academy book. Yep. They are involved in scuffles and things and, and events in throughout AVX. So if you like these kids, if you like these characters, you're going to get more of them. But right. in this issue, Zero, the, the rogue member of the team, has finally made his play. He's betrayed Hope. He's felt betrayed by Hope, and he... Manipulates in his own subtle ways a bunch of the X Men and the mutants on Utopia to take her down. Things do not go as he planned, especially when it comes to Martha uh, Johansson. Mm. And I thought that was a really cool little twist that Hope, you know, used her against Zero. It was kind of cool. And in this, you got some good moments for the remaining Generation Hope characters, and particularly Sebastian Shaw, which I think he's kind of cool as this blank slate but there's always that sense that he could just go back to being the awful, awful person he was before. So it, it's cool. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where these characters go and how they they sort of yeah. uh, fan out into the X-Universe.
1: It's a nice, even though, like you said, it's not the end of Generation Hope. Um, as a group, it is kind of a nice bookend to the story of the series because the series opened with them finding Zero and trying to bring him into the group. So, you know, his fate did their... Efforts to bring him in and kind of make him, reform him, did they work? Uh, you find out here, and it is a nice nice kind of wrap to the story Kieran Gillen started and James Asmus picked up. It's a nice parallel to what's going on with Sebastian Shaw, too, because he's another kind of, if you'll forgive the pun, lost hope that they're trying to uh, bring in. I'll miss that book, though. It was a good book. Yep. Invincible Iron Man, number 514, continuing the demon storyline in this issue. Tony Stark is starting to put two and two together as far as who he's up against—the Mandarin and Ezekiel Stane—but on another front, he's got to deal with Justine Hammer and General Babbage, who are also part of the conspiracy to bring him down. Tony Stark's having a rough time of it. Uh, he's been the government basically has evidence that he operated the Iron Man armor while drunk, and that is coming back to haunt him in a major way. He's got a mole within his company. He's got all these bad guys, souped-up versions of his old bad guys coming back to try to put a hurting on him. Uh, we see two more in this issue. We see a new whirlwind, and we also see the new Melter, who was actually the Melter from the uh, young Masters of Evil, from the Dark Reign Young Avengers miniseries a couple years back. And I thought he was a very cool character, so I'm glad to see him picked up here. got he some gross stuff done to him by the Mandarin Ezekiel Stane uh, to soup up his powers. But again, this is a book taking place on many fronts. Tony is trying to fight off the people trying to take the armor away from him. Iron Man is battling his old enemies. Everyone's manipulating everyone. The art by Salvador La Roca is, as always, superb. Writer Matt Fraction is balancing a lot of plates on his hands at once and it's a very cool multi-part, multi-tiered
0: epic. John Carter, Gods of Mars number one, came out this week, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Ramon Perez. Really incredibly gorgeous book. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those, I hate it so much, I just want to tear it apart, I want to set it on fire, I want to throw it into the right. sun and never see it again yeah. because it's so good my body can't handle it.
1: As I was, as I was saying to Ryan earlier, uh, I was watching New Girl on Fox last night and they actually used your I love it so much I want to punch it in the face thing, so we
0: should be demanding royalties.
1: Yes, stat. totally. It's catching on though, it's taking over society, they owe me.
0: The book is cool, one of the cool things that I learned while talking with sam at wondercon and you can hear on the podcast is that sam wrote the book marvel style which means he did plot first gave the plot to ramon perez said ramon basically go nuts here's the, the the way the story should go here are the beats and i'll fill in the dialogue and adapt it as needed based on what you do with art which i think is a really great way for for them to collaborate because ramon is just such a an incredible draftsman and he does so much with a page, with his layouts, with the way he structures panels and puts them in different places, that uh, that allowed him a lot of freedom to make that book extremely unique. And so when you check out Gods of Mars, it's really cool. And it's got great colors by Jordi Belair. Just really cool all around. I dug the hell out of this book. I really like the John Carter movie. This is another, this is an adaptation of a different book in the series. Maybe the second book, I'm not positive. Second so. or third book. Pretty sure. It it follows you know John Carter coming back to Mars to Barsoom, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the next issue. New Mutants number thirty nine by Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, Leandro Fernandez, and Val Staples. This is a really cool book in that you know Abnett and Lanning can do anything, and I don't mean that in, you know joking around. They can do big crazy cosmic superheroes. They can they wrote they wrote the Punisher and did some really great Punisher stories back in the day. Yeah, they can do superheroes. They can do Action. I'm sure they could do Western stories. In this, they're doing basically a horror story. Yeah. It's really creepy, really disturbing. It helps that Leandro Fernandez is such a great artist that he, he helps evoke the moods that they need throughout the book. But in this, the, the New Mutants, they're on paradise, this island, and they are being hunted by these creatures. And this awful person who killed Doug Ramsey, Cypher, back in the day... Has somehow yeah. come back to haunt them. The anime tour. Anime tour. An- anime tour. Yeah, he's horrible. And then uh, Warlock is the only one not affected by the anime tour, and he has to take charge. It's really it, it's it's great because it's a horror story, but it also mixes elements of comedy in the yeah. way that Warlock deals with all the situations, as well as some romance. There's some cool little bits here and there between different couples, which I thought was cool and like stuff that's budding throughout it. Really fun issue. It has a really cool last page yeah. uh, with Warlock and Cypher, and you'll have to check that out. I, I done it. it. It's
1: such creepy moments, though. Oh, yeah. From when the animator... Animator. Animator. Uh, f- when he shows up, from when two of the characters discover that their hands have been fused together. Oh. I don't know. It's just, it's just unsettling. It's not the big... In your face, someone's head got cut off. Horror! It's that gets under your skin, and you realize later, like,
0: ooh, that really creepy stuff up. coming through yeah. the walls. It's, yeah, it's, it's just
1: it's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what it is. I know what Stormy's favorite issue of the week was, and it was Thunderbolts number 171 because it's a one-and-done spotlight issue on one of his favorite characters, Songbird, uh, written by Jeff Parker. With really, I noticed how great the art was on every respect by Kev Walker, inks by. Terry Palette, and then Colors by Frank Martin Jr., which really stood out to me. But this takes a break from the normal Thunderbolt storyline, the time-lost Thunderbolts, and focus completely on Songbird, who has not really gotten a spotlight in a while. She's taken vacation, uh, a well-earned vacation, and something goes horribly amiss. Uh, she ends up in the clutches of an old-school Namor villain named Dr. Dorcas, who has been amped up and creepy as hell. It's, you know, classic Jeff Parker taking a goofy character from the past and saying, how can I make this goofy character pretty scary and unsettling? It's a nice little character profile of Songbird, showcases a lot of the elements that have made her a cool character over the years, both her trusting nature, but also how you don't want to piss her off, uh, how she can be strong. It's a really nice just single issue character arc for her in that she starts off very kind of tired and very kind of just trying to have a good time. There's a major shift in terms of her power set in this issue. And then by the end of the issue, you're like, wow, Songbird is not somebody I want to mess with. I really enjoyed this issue. I I read it kind of late in the game and it stood out to me how cool it was. I I respect and love when a writer can break away from the larger framework and just do these character-centric, seemingly small-scale stories that leave an imprint on my mind, and a couple of days later I'm still remembering it and can describe it pretty well from memory. I didn't have to leaf through it too much to remember what happened. So I was really impressed by this issue. If you're looking for just a single issue to pick up, don't need to know anything before, don't need to know anything after. It's all provided here. Thunderbolts number 171, really, really
0: good issue. Yeah, and I was reading it, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. She's I was I was actually just hoping for a cool vacation story where yeah. she has fun, she finds romance, and there's, yeah. there's like, character development for her that is all positive. I was like, this is cool. I really dig this. And then things go wrong and I felt terrible. I actually, in some moments of the story, felt betrayed
1: and angry. <laughs> Damn I'm, you, like, Jeff Parker. That's it. So Jeff Parker really, uh, t- Jeff Parker did a great job with this. And again, the art team. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just, I, it, 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 the, the, the colors in particular, and Songbird's a great character for this because she's got the sound constructs. It's kind of got that glow about her. But in the villain as well, Kev Walker makes it so... Like, it it looks like he's sculpting more than drawing, and then the colors really bring it alive. Inks, everything was working on this book. Really, really great book.
0: Uncanny X-Men, number nine, by Kieran Gillen, Carlos Pacheco, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Guru Effects. I really dug this issue. I really, really dug this issue. In, in large part because it calls back to a bunch of things that were established in Kieran Gillen's S.W.O.R.D. limited mm. series from, I think it was last year, last year or the year before? Two years ago. Two years, wow, that think, long ago? Yeah. It was a terrific issue. Because he's it, been writing on candy for over a year now. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Indeed, Rooney. But anyway, this it calls back to the S.W.O.R.D. limited series and the concepts there that S.W.O.R.D. is the peacekeeping force above the earth that handles extraterrestrial problems. And you've, you've got Agent Brand, who is the head of S.W.O.R.D., and she's there dealing with this crazy problem. You've got all the prisoners in, in the S.W.O.R.D. prison lockup, including Unit, who's really super-duper creepy and gets even creepier throughout this issue as you see what he's totally capable of. In addition to that, you get cool yeah, like the terminus stuff. Yeah. I love that, and how so it's a
1: little Easter egg shout out type deal.
0: Yeah, and and how badass the Extinction team really is. Yeah, and they, they form on all these problems and they take them out efficiently and really cool ways. And you know the Avengers come up in here. We were talking about before with the final moments between the Avengers and the X Men before we get to AVX. This is a big one that shows the two teams working together in cool, fun ways. There's a great scene with Spidey and Magneto dealing with this villain who I'd never... I don't know if it's an established character.
1: Oh, yeah. More Kieran Gillen trivia. That's a character from his Better Ray Bill. can't oh. remember if it was a one-shot or a miniseries. That was the villain in his Better Ray Bill story. Super cool. I thought that one. was really cool because, yeah. because I was like, who is this guy? And then I remembered, and I was like, oh, what a nice little callback. Yeah, his name is Voidian. He does crazy things with uh he builds an organ yeah he has like an organ that he uses to cause
0: people pain yeah which to me cool. in a sense is a very i guess dc type villain mm-hmm. you know what i mean like sort of yeah. weird and 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 has this They've big gimmick, gimmick. Yeah. yeah but in a marvel way it's very very cool very creepy and and very effective totally totally rad dire wraiths are in this i mean a lot of fun stuff if you're a marvel universe fan sure. and you can dig into a lot of great stuff but also great if you're just jumping in for yeah. whatever reason because everything you need to know is here. The Generation Hope kids get involved, and it gets super creepy and super um, super scary for Hope.
1: Between his writing of Sinister and the first few issues and Unit here, I'm getting a little concerned about Kieran Gillen and his propensity to get inside the heads of these kind of Machiavellian, creepy... Very arrogant, pompous villains. Yeah, he it really seems to be his wheelhouse. But you know what? If it works and it entertains us, then if if Karen's descending into some sort of weird Phantom of the Opera mask wearing thing, I just I hope his wife's okay. Yeah, <laughs> there was a tangent.
0: Yeah, well, there's also I should say that Pacheco and Cam Smith and Guru Reflex Oh yeah, have one of the weirdly most sexy emma frost i've ever seen yeah she's just working out being a total badass like getting herself back in fighting shape yep but the way they draw it is sort of uncomfortable yeah she's wearing so little yeah and being so badass but then namor comes up and there's the great namor emma dynamic yeah. that i just want them to keep pushing on
1: i would say i would say if i have any complaint this issue and this is just a testament to what good work he's done is that i i need more namor on every page. Yeah. It's never enough. You get some good Namor moments here, but I could read, you know, 22 issues of Namor just
0: bantering. Yeah. Hitting on on things.
1: Just things. Yeah. Yeah. Inanimate objects.
0: Creatures. Yeah. I want him him to have sex with everyone. Yeah. There you go. That's just me, though. There's that. All right. Wolverine, number 303, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Billy Tan, Stephen Sanders, Paco Diaz, and a flood of other amazing artists and colorists in this I mean, this is this bummed me out because this is the final Wolverine issue by Jason Aaron. The last hurrah. Jason Aaron has really done more to get me to enjoy the character than I think I've ever enjoyed the character in years. I've I felt closer to like actually empathizing with Wolverine. Mm -hmm. um, Felt just really, really dug everything that Jason Aaron has done with this. And this is the wrap up Wolverine in Japan dealing with hand ninjas, dealing with yakuza, and dealing with. Well, he doesn't actually get to deal with the bigger problem at hand, yep. which is Sabretooth, Mystique, Lord Deathstrike, and mm-hmm. the new Silver Samurai. Yeah,
1: there's all this stuff going on kind of in between Wolverine's adventures. It's uh, interesting. Wolverine unleashed the Berserker last issue, and that deals with some stuff, but you're right. It's like there's multiple levels going on here, and yeah. he doesn't even encounter. Some. He didn't even encounter some of these characters the whole arc. And yeah. He never ran into Lord Deathstrike.
0: No. In here, it's really cool. You get to see how Mystique uses her powers in different ways. She yes. grows wings, she grows claws. You know, I, I think that's a cool mm-hmm. extension of her shape-shifting abilities. Yeah. I, everything about this issue is terrific.
1: It's a lot of great stuff, and there's a lot of... It's interesting because there's a lot of setup for new status quo, so I'm interested to see if Jason Aaron picks him up elsewhere. I'm interested to see if guys like Colin Bunn, who are coming on the book next, play with some of the stuff Jason Aaron has. But he's really... He's contributed more than just making you understand Wolverine as a character. He's contributed a lot to the Wolverine lore in terms of villains, in terms of supporting characters, in terms of just kind of refreshing some of the familiar locations and relationships. So this is a great tribute finale to all that. And there's some loose ends left there as far as Wolverine's relationship with his girlfriend, Melita, uh, Sabretooth's status. There's a lot of things going forward that are going to be fun for either Jason or other people to play with. And I know Sabretooth's going to be showing up in Wolverine the X-Men, so we certainly haven't seen the last of him under Jason Aaron's pen. But, yeah, yeah that Melita thing's a heartbreaker. Oh,
0: yeah, great issue. Has a bunch of high points, some low points for the characters. Mm-hmm. Really great stuff. We're going to miss Jason Aaron on Wolverine, yeah. but at least he's still doing Wolverine and the X-Men. Absolutely. Rounding things up, we've got
1: X-Factor number 233, written by Peter David, drawn by Leonard Kirk, colors by Matt Mila again. And this is uh, kind of setting up the next era of X-Factor as Jamie Madrox is back but he doesn't encounter the rest of the team yet. He's just, I guess I use the term, hanging out with Layla Miller. Uh, They're doing some adult things and have a conversation, kind of catching him up on what's going on. We get to see the sort of newish X-Factor in action. We see the Havoc and Polaris run X-Factor dealing with a hostage situation. We get a sense of how the team dynamic is working there. We also get some teases of what's coming up with the isolationist, who is a villain Peter David created, way back in the 90s and only got to write about in recent years. Uh, It's a long story. He basically did a shadowy cameo in an X Factor issue back during Peter David's original run. And Peter David left the book, so he never got to follow up on who was that guy in the shadows. And then later, in like 2006, revealed, hey, this is that character from back then. And it was awesome for me personally. (laughs) Um, It's right up there with finding out who Facade really is. That's a whole nother can of worms. So we get, to, we get to see the X-Factor team in action. Val Cooper's back in the mix. Mad gets some great one-liners. It's the wit, it's the action, it's the great art. Everything you come to expect from X-Factor this is kind of a clearing-the-decks issue as we get ready for the next great era of X-Factor. And those are the print comics on sale this week. Do you have, as you're counting something, do you have a, uh, a twin of the
0: Week? It's tough. I'm torn between Wolverine, Thunderbolts, Uncanny... Amazing Spider-Man. You know what, man? Thunderbolts takes it for
1: me. The, I'll go with the that. The underdog Thunderbolts issue is just so well done as far as craft and everything. It really made me care about it. I also know that as a tiebreaker, Strami would vote for it eight times. But, man, yeah, Thunderbolts was, all the issues you mentioned were great. I thought Amazing Spider-Man was a great kick off yeah, the ends of the earth. It really was. Uncanny Action was a lot of fun. Wolverine said goodbye Jason Aaron. But, yeah, man, I'm going to, those heavy hitters, I'm going to give it to uh, good old Thunderbolts. I'll back so, you up on that. Good job, Kev Kev Walker, Jeff Parker, and
0: crew. Yeah. Nancy, listening to us, what book do you most want to read based on what we were talked about? Thunderbolts? Yeah. <laughs> good answer, Nancy. All right. You we're get, all on the same page. You get five data. twin points for that. So those are the print
1: comics on sale, but of course we also have... Those comics released digitally.
0: Actually, oh, go ahead. all of them. All 13 really? comics are available in that's print what you and counting. digital this week. That was okay. what I was counting. So, you know, for fans who say, I want all my books print and digital same day. And that crazy yes, voice. No, yeah. That's my, my voice. They want all their print, all their digital same day done. This yeah. week, you got it. All and right. as we get, I mean, we're only a couple weeks into April, but this is our goal is to get everything on the app. Actually, a couple print. weeks into March. No, I said in a couple weeks we'll get to April. Okay. And we're getting
2: there.
1: Still your rule. All right. So So every issue we just talked about, you can also get on the Marvel Comics app. But in stores we also have, and we thank our friend Max Beckman, as always providing us with this list, we have collections on sale. And those are Annihilator's Earthfall, trade paperback, Astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy, Ultimate Collection, Book 2, trade paperback, uh, Avengers West Coast, Lost in Space Time, hardcover. What? Fr- from the you would think Jim McCann is still working here and improving trades. This is uh, I remember I read this as a kid's classic, old school Avengers go to the old west. Of course. Uh, oh and meet, yeah. yeah. And meet up with cowboys yeah. and whatnot. So that's that's something to see. That, that to happened. Elektra Assassin by Bill Kavich is back out in Ooh. hardcover. Ooh. So that's that's something, pretty impressive. Fear itself, Dracula is out in hardcover that includes a whole bunch of fear itself tie-ins as well as the tomb of dracula that introduced uh the forgiven we have fear itself spider-man which also in addition to the fear itself spider-man limited series has the fear itself ff one shot and the fear itself the Worthy one shot incredible hulk past perfect in trade paperback collect stories from the paul jenkins run on hulk Marvel Universe Avengers United trade paperback, it's an all-ages trade, collecting some of the Marvel Adventures Avengers and Marvel Adventures Superheroes story. Ultimate Comics X-Men by Nick Spencer, Volume 1, out in hardcover. Venom by Rick Remender, Volume 1, is now out in trade paperback. Wolverine and Nick Fury, Scorpio, trade paperback, is some classic old-school stories by Archie Goodwin and Howard Chakin. Wolverine Goodbye Chinatown, which was the second-to-last Jason Aaron arc on Wolverine, which we loved. That is out in hardcover. And then X-Men First to Last, which featured last summer in X-Men, the uh, story by Chris Yost, is also out in trade paperback.
0: Now, how do we pick a a Twim of the Week for the collections is tough. For me, I'm torn between Wolverine Goodbye Chinatown, Venom by Rick Remender, Mm. and... Electro-Assassin. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'd have to go for Electro-Assassin yeah, myself. Got, you've got
1: Electro-Assassin, which is a classic. Frank Miller and Bill Sienkiewicz. Yeah, that's 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 a dream team. you got Venom by Rick Remender, which is one of the, the rising stars in just in terms of books. And then you got Wolverine by Chinatown, which is a solid story. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those, but yeah, I agree with you. Electro-Assassin is essential reading. So Electro-Assassin is our twin of the Week over on the trade paperback side.
0: All right, so... Before we go to the other digital comics, digital collections, so we'll keep with the collections, digital collections released on the app this week include Avengers Masterworks Volume 1, Avengers Under Siege, Ender Shadow Ultimate Collection, Thor Masterworks Volume 1, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 8 Cats and Kings, and X-Men Masterworks Volume 1.
1: Avengers Under Siege, for my money, is okay. one of the best Avengers stories of all time. Uh, just Period. It's by Roger Stern and John Buscema. It's the ultimate Avengers versus Masters of Evil battle. If you've never read it and you call yourself an Avengers fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. So check that out for sure. Totally. Also on the app this week, we have some more single issues that came out. We have Age of X Universe, issues number one and two. Age of X Alpha, number one. Avengers West Coast, number 101 avengers original series issues number 368 and 369 we have all nine issues of avengers the children's crusade boom we have black knight exodus number one classic from what? the mid 90s what that is a black knight one shot with the origin of exodus the x-men villain it is a trip i have never read it i just know what it is wow. i may have to check that out this week Marvel's The Avengers
0: Prelude: Fury's Big Week, Number Seven, penultimate issue. Oh, penultimate issue! Wow, very exciting. That's really good, guys. You should totally be reading this series. Ninety nine cent per digital issue. It's super cheap, super great. New Mutants current series, Number Twenty Two
1: through Twenty Four. We have Uncanny X Men, Number Three Hundred Seven. Current series of Wolverine, Issues Number Ten through Sixteen. The X-Men 1991 series, issue number 26. A lot of random, cool 90s stuff being collected. And then finally, we have X-Men Legacy, number 245 through 247. Now, with that, I note that with Age of X Alpha, the two issues of Age of X Universe, the three issues of New Mutants, and the three issues of X-Men Legacy, that is the entire Age of X story. So if you want to read Age of X, you can do the whole thing this week
0: on the Digital Comics app. Fantastic. Also, as always, you can get a digital comics fix through Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. So let's run down what came out this week on the subscription service. That's We had Herc, numbers 1 and 3. X-Factor, number 220 through 222. We had New Avengers, the current series, 10 through 14. Fear Itself, the Homefront, numbers 2 and 3. Uncanny X-Men, number 541 through 543. S.H.I.E.L.D. Infinity really cool issue. X-Factors, number 223, 224, 224 224.1, and 225. Fear Itself, number 5 and 6, as well as Fear Itself, The Homefront, number 4 and 5, and the first issue of the current Shield series. Really good stuff. Shield would be what I would tell you to read if you had a subscription service. Read that ASAP. Alright, so let's kick it to Strami, who will tell us about the games and movie stuff on TV or in stores this week. Go, Strami!
2: Hello, This weekend Marvel listeners. I am Mark Strom, a.k.a. Strami, Marvel.com assistant editor out here in Los Angeles, coming to you with news on everything that is on air this week in marvel first up we have of course the blade anime series which is in its final two episodes now last week we learned a lot more about deacon frost just why he wants blades blood and what his overall objective is and we had a nice little cliffhanger at the very end which i shall not spoil if you have not seen it but This week's episode, episode 11, picks up right where the previous one left off and just starts sort of barreling through. Like I say, this is the penultimate episode, so we've only got one more go after this. Lots of action, lots of fun. Uh, You can catch it this Sunday morning at 4 a.m. only on G4. And also... One thing I've realized that I always forget to talk about on This Week in Marvel is Iron Man Armored Adventures. And the reason for that is it actually airs the day before our podcast goes live. Yesterday, if you're listening to this one, this goes up on Thursday, we had a new episode of Iron Man Armored Adventures, which featured Magneto and Jean Grey. But next week, next Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Nicktoons, we have another new episode of Iron Man Armored Adventures, and this one features the controller who... I, for whatever reason, have always had a very soft spot in my heart for the controller. I don't know. Eight year old Strami just loved his design for some reason. So I'm super excited to see this. Uh, They've given. The controller a little bit of a redesign, very much keeping him in the Iron Man Armored Adventures universe, but still looks very cool. And we'll actually be bringing you more news on that, and we'll be talking with the writer of the episode, John Shirley, next week. So, with that, I send you back to Ryan and Ben for more.
0: Thank you, Strami. In addition to all that stuff, you guys can check out Avengers Alliance on Facebook. There are new costumes available for Hulk, for Iron Man, for Black Widow, for maybe one or two other characters. Those are the only ones I've seen
1: so far, but new ones could be coming as we speak. Sure.
0: I bought the World War Hulk costume for Hulk. Oh, It's cool because Hulk is traditionally in the game a bruiser. Yeah,
1: that's why it took me a little while to figure out. I was like, why are there two different versions of the
0: World War Hulk
1: of it? You can
0: explain. Yep. One of the versions of the World War Hulk costume is is also a bruiser. The other one is a scrapper, which is really cool. Why I bought the scrapper costume was that allows me to use Hulk in two different situations because you don't want to put him up against someone who's resistant to his powers. But it opens up a door for you to use the character in another way. I've maxed I, I think I'm up to level I'm about to level him up to ten Jeez. in my game. And that's gonna cost me a lot of <laughs> money in the game and a lot of time, but yeah. it'll be totally worth it. He's just a monster. It's a cool
1: way to really make the alternate costumes matter. It's not just you're spending a lot of money to give a guy a different look. You can actually you can use this strategy wise, because you still get Hulk's moves, but whole different set of enemies he can be good against. So once again, our hats off, our collective hats off to the geniuses behind Avengers Alliance.
0: Yeah. Also, there are two new items in the game. Oh, uh, yes. One of them is X-Play on G4 did a special segment on Avengers Alliance. And when they put that segment on their website, they had a little link in... Well, not a little link. They just had a link on their site... To, if you click that, it brings you to Avengers Alliance, and only through that link you can unlock a special weapon in the game. That weapon has some special capabilities. It's cool. It's, a, it's a sort of a premium item, but you can't get it anywhere else. And once you have it, you have it. It's really cool. Check that out. Also, the Norton Shield mm-hmm. item is now available in the game. You can gift that to others. You can get it as a gift. It's It just gives you some uh, extra protection against other villains. Yep. We've partnered up with Norton... a bunch of things with the Avengers, and so this is just one of the things you'll see.
1: Norton's been protecting my computer from viruses for years, so I'm thrilled to have them protecting my Avengers as well. Fantastic. That's what you call an endorsement.
0: Yeah. That's auditioning for the role. Yes. All right, up next, we're going to talk about news. Ben, why don't you start us off?
1: Okay. As you know, we had WonderCon this past weekend. Ryan was there. He can give you some more details on the Things that went down as far as events, but a quick rundown of the comics news we have coming out of WonderCon. We announced Space Punisher, which is an alternate reality tale of the Punisher in outer space by our good, close, personal friend Frank Thierry and legendary artist Mark Texera. That looks to be very interesting. I'm excited to see what he does with that. Amazing Spider-Man, we talked about the next arc after Ends of the Earth, which is going to be called No Going Back and features the Lizard making his first comeback since the Shed storyline, his first major comeback. And it's, of course, Lizard's the villain in the Amazing Spider-Man movie this summer, so Dan Slott is very excited to be writing him. Giuseppe Coley is going to be art on that. We announced a new Captain Marvel ongoing series, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, with art by Derek Soy, and starring Carol Danvers. The former Miss Marvel is now stepping up her game and becoming Captain Marvel, so you'll hear a lot more news about that to come talked about the AVX tie-ins for Avengers Academy, what's going to be going on there, how the X-Men will be coming into play there, and how the Sentinel that lives at Avengers Academy is going to play a major role. Extreme X-Men is coming back, but it is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's by Greg Pak and Steven Segovia, and it is starring the cast of alternate reality X-Men introduced during Greg Pak's run on Astonishing X-Men, as well as, God, this is just a Jim McCann kind of week, Dazzler, who is going to be a major representative on the This team. is
0: a gift to all of us who love comics. Yes. I've come to embrace Dazzler. Wow,
1: you've really gone I, over. Okay. I, I,
0: I've been turned. Dazzler has won now, me over.
1: Dazzler's a lot of fun. She's great. I think Extreme x is going to be a fun book. Yeah. Dark Avengers, the book currently known as Thunderbolts, our Twim of the Week this week, is becoming Dark Avengers with number 175, Jeff Parker... Kev Walker, Declan Shelby are going to remain as the creative team and the adventures of the current Thunderbolts are still going to factor in, but the focus is going to shift to the Dark Avengers team recently introduced in the pages of New Avengers. They have basically been captured and turned over to Luke Cage in the hopes that he can perhaps redeem them. So we're talking characters like Ragnarok... Dark Spider-Man, Dark Scarlet Witch, Trick Shot, and Scar is along for the ride as well.
0: What role does he play? Yes. Mm. Very interesting to Luke see. Luke Cage also is also still factoring in and he's still leading that. Yeah, that's what I just okay. said. You did. get handed over to Luke Cage to see if he can perform right. them.
1: Cool. Come on, I like Luke man. Cage. I just wasn't listening to <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> it happens a lot. Uh, history being made as Brian Wood is going to be the first man or woman or human ever to write both a Marvel Universe X-Men series and an Ultimate Universe X-Men series. He's going to be writing Ultimate Comics X-Men and also Objectiveless X-Men starting this summer. We have a lot more information on that with Brian. And finally, in Hulk news, the Hulk series by Jeff Parker and new artist Dale Eaglesham is going to be embarking on a big storyline involving the Mayan end of the world prophesized for 2012. Uh, it guest stars Alpha Flight, she-Hulk, A-Bomb, bunch of other characters. Machine Man. Machine Man. Well, it doesn't really guest star Machine Man because he's an he's a member of the supporting cast. Fair enough. So, you know. But we released a ton of gorgeous Daily Eagle Sham art from that. Talked to both Dale and Jeff. Basically, all these stories, you can find out more at marvel.com. Go to our WonderCon hub. And you can read all the news that came out of WonderCon from a comic standpoint. And yeah. more to come on all of these books.
0: And that's marvel.com slash wondercon2012. There's also photos, mm-hmm. videos, updates of all sorts up there on the page. Yes,
1: we uh, we worked hard to keep all our WonderCon coverage. Hats off to Ryan and to Strami who are out there on the floor. Also to Judy Stevens who was running things back on this end. And Jana O'Shea who was keeping things real on social media. Also, undertaking.
0: Shout out to Strami's intern, Christina, who helped us throughout the weekend. She was there. She actually asked, hey, can I come on Saturday to help out as well, which was really cool. You
1: know who did nothing in
0: terms of WonderCon? Our interns.
1: They're in New York. Yeah. No, I'm saying setting stuff up and do anything. And you know why? Because they came over and I was so manic trying to get it all up. I said, don't bother me. I'm doing WonderCon stuff. And they were very good about uh, leaving me alone. So, thank you, Nancy and Carrie, who's not here. You were really, you were really great. In other comics news, we congratulate Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Parker, and Sarah Pacelli, who are all nominated for Glyph Awards, celebrating African American creators and characters in comics. They were nominated for their work on Thunderbolts, featuring Luke Cage, as well as Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, featuring Miles Morales. Uh, Thunderbolts and Ultimate Comic Spider-Man also received their own awards, and... Care Andrews received a nomination for some covers he did for Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, while Kyle Baker received nominations for Deadpool Max covers. So we're looking forward to seeing how that all shakes down. Congratulations, guys. We had our latest fightin' fangirls. We had WWE diva AJ, who did an interview with us last Friday, and this is a lot of fun. This is one of my favorite fightin' fanboys, fangirls we've done. Uh, AJ's a really cool lady, and she is a legit comics fan, so definitely check that one out if you haven't already. The great, superlative, can't say enough good things about him because if I don't, he'll yell at me. Ryan Stegman dropped by on Tuesday to speak to our own Jim Beard about Scarlet Spider. Very interesting QA there. We have news on the Infernal Man thing. This is an interesting one. Infernal Man thing is a series written by the late, great Steve Gerber that we've basically had the script for years, we've been trying to get it together, and now uh, Kevin Nolan is going to be finishing up for him on the art end and tightening things up. So that's a years in the making man thing story. We had the second of our exiled interviews, where this time around, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning of New Mutants interviewed Ciaran Gillen of Journey into Mystery. It was far and away the most British article we have ever had on Marvel.com, but a lot of fun. Uh, We finished up Week of the Witch, which was our focus on the Scarlet Witch. We had interviews with... Alan Heimberg, Brian Michael Bendis, and Frank Cho, and we also had some cool highlights and bios there. And finally, just earlier this week, our friend Tim Stevens uh, did a psych ward on Iron Fist, who is going to be a major player heading into Avengers vs. X-Men, so well worth your read.
0: Cool. In addition to all that, this week, we, I, I talked about a little bit at the beginning, we did our first this Week in Marvel mini-episode, it's numbered 20.5, It comes out between last week's and this week's. We're going to start doing these weekly. The first one we did was with Sam Humphreys, writer of Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, as well as John Carter, Gods of Mars. And I recorded that at WonderCon, so I apologize now for the sound. There's a lot of background noise. I did the best I could to mitigate that with GarageBand and trying to use the tools that I had. It does sound better than, than the original recording, so that's great. While I was there, I also recorded interviews with Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel, the men of action. We talked about Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. I'm going to put that up next week before the premiere on April 1st. We all, I also interviewed Tom Cohen, who's a VP of production for Marvel Studios, someone you would probably never have heard of, heard from because he's behind the scenes and he works with Sony and Fox and some of the people uh, at Marvel Studios to get our movies and productions made. He had some really cool insight and background so that I'm going to put that up in a couple weeks and I also interviewed Chris Baker. He has a new title so I forget it. It's something to do with I think he's interactive manager for Marvel and that means he works on our games and other interactive endeavors but he works a lot with. Activision and Sega and Capcom, other arms of the, the games business for us in making sure that our games are the best they can be and also our characters are true and all, all the kinds of stuff that we want. He's a really cool guy. I've known him for a, a bunch of years now and he gives a, also great insight into working at Marvel and coming from a different background. And we're going to do more of these. We're going to take people from Marvel Office in New York. Strami's going to take some people from the Marvel Animation Studios. We're going to, we're really going to expand this to try and do a weekly interview that's about 10 to 15 minutes to give you guys a little something extra. We're Probably going to phase out the interviews from this podcast, the longer version, so that we can keep it a little bit shorter and more manageable. But that means you'll actually have more interviews because we'll be trying to do this weekly. So hopefully we'll be able to do that, get it to you guys. Let us know what you think. Tweet us using the This Week in Marvel hashtag. We want to know what you think of these mini-interviews. In addition to that, I posted on my blog, which is at marvel.com slash agent underscore M. I posted the Hot Toys teaser image for the Hawkeye figure that they're putting out. The Hot Toys figures are insane. I don't even, I don't, I don't understand. They're super incredibly detailed, 12-inch. yeah. To call them action figures, almost it's a disservice. Um, yeah, it's almost a disservice because they're they're incredible. They have so many points of articulation yeah. and bits and pieces, moving parts, and the cloth and ev- everything about them. And they are so exact yeah. in replicating the, the the features and the look of the people that they're they are. When you see a picture, it's like they just shrank down
1: the actor, and you're like, oh, it's a tiny little Jeremy Renner.
0: Yeah. And we all want a tiny little Jeremy Renner on our desks. Yeah, we do. Now, we're going to kick it over to Strami for more news.
2: Hello, hello, hello again, This Week in Marvel listeners. This is Strami coming back at you from Los Angeles for everything news this week in Marvel. First up, it's been... uh, all marvel universe all the time here at marvel.com as we gear up for the premiere of the marvel universe block on disney xd coming up april first this week we had a lot of goodies for you we had a new trailer for avengers earth mightiest heroes season two which went up today which showed off a lot of very 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 cool stuff you got to see Ms. Marvel in action, possibly one of my favorite parts of season two of Avengers My Mightiest Heroes, Ms. Marvel Carol Danvers joins the team. You got to see a bunch of teases at villains that the heroes will be facing, won't spoil much. You'll have to go and watch it yourself, but this show is just jam-packed with all sorts of goodies and Easter eggs for all you fans. I love this series. Go check it out. And uh, Season 2 will, of course, premiere inside the Marvel Universe block at 12 p.m. Eastern Time sunday april 1st on disney xd we also had a mighty marvel podcast with chris yost host jeff sutter spoke with chris about everything that's coming up in season two of avengers mightiest heroes talked a little bit about the kree the skrull the alien races the overall plot of the series coming back for a second season it's great stuff go give you a listen We spoke with another of the Man of Action folks, Man of Action are of course the studio that is acting as writers and producers on Ultimate Spider-Man and it's made up of four names which comics fans will find familiar, Joe Kelly, Joe Casey, Steven T. Siegel, and Duncan Rouleau. This week, we spoke with Joe Casey about working on Ultimate Spider-Man and his past comics work, moving into animation. And he had a lot of great stuff to say. You can still check out the interview if you go to marvel.com/tv. It will still be up on the rotator, and you can hear what Joe had to say about Ultimate Spider-Man. Whew! More Marvel Universe news. This past Saturday at WonderCon, we unveiled Marvel Mashup, which is a new series of interstitials that will air inside the Marvel Universe block. What Marvel Mashup is, is old footage from classic animated shows such as uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends or The Incredible Hulk, uh, the animated Incredible Hulk series from 1982. And what we did was we took that footage, cut it all up, re-edited it and then redubbed it with sort of its own special brand of Marvel humor. If you're a fan of things like Marvel superheroes What the or anything like that, I think you'll really dig this series. It's very, very funny. They sort of take all that old footage, they, you know make jokes out of it, but they still very much, Embrace it and and send it up as the classic series that we all know and love And that I think pretty much covers us for Marvel Universe news for this week apart from that though, we also brought you news in the world of film of the Ultimate Marvel Marathon which AMC Theaters will be hosting nationwide at select theaters on May 3rd. Beginning at 11.30 a.m. you can watch all six Marvel Studios films building up to the Avengers. That's a full day marathon of Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, all culminating in a midnight screening of Marvel's The Avengers. You can get all this for 40 bucks. You can go spend your day in the theater enjoying all of this Marvel goodness. Again, this is only at select AMC theaters nationwide. For more info, you can go to marvel.com/movies. We have a news story up there directing you to where you can get tickets and more info on the event. And it should be a great time. I very much wish that I were able to go. However, I do not think I will have the opportunity. But if you do, you should go because it's going to be awesome. And that does it for this week in Marvel in the world of film and television. So, I bid you adieu, and I send you back into the good and capable hands of Messrs. Panagos and Morse.
0: Thank you very much, Strami. All right, time for questions. We've got a bunch, 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 bunch of questions this week. Let's dig right into it. Starting off with, at Alex underscore M Morales tweets, AVX is around the corner. Please let your audiences listening in the podcast know what should we follow to catch up on the series. Happy
1: to do so, Alex. Well, definitely Avengers X Sanction, which just wrapped up, is the official prequel to the series, so you want to check that out. The story in Uncanny X-Men we just talked about today, uh, that is kind of a direct lead-in to AVX. It's the final team-up between the X-Men and the Avengers, so you want to check out the next few issues of Uncanny X-Men. The final few issues of Generation Hope will certainly give you an insight into what's going on with Hope. Current issues of Avengers and New Avengers really set up their status quo going into the whole experience. Wolverine and the X-Men is a great book besides, and that will start ramping up towards there. And really, you know, any of the Avengers and X-Men titles are going to get you prepared. Now, next week, uh, the final Wednesday of March... We are going to have AVX number zero, Avengers vs. X-Men number zero, which is going to feature two stories, both drawn by Frank Cho, one written by Brian Michael Bendis, one written by Jason Aaron. Bendis's features The Scarlet Witch, Jason's features Hope, and that's going to really get you ready for things kicking off April 4th with Avengers vs. X-Men number one. There's more that I'm not listing, so you should really check out all you can, but that'll give you a good solid foundation going into AVX.
0: Did you say AVX.marvel.com? Or marvel.com slash AVX? AVX.marvel.com
1: or marvel.com slash AVX are both good places to uh, get all the news that we've done. So you can get caught up on that.
0: Another one from Alex Morales says, where can I get sweet Marvel wallpapers for my new iPad? That's a great question. We have some iPad-sized wallpapers on marvel.com now, but we haven't made any for the super-duper high-res new iPad. So I will ask Judy Stevens if we can get some for AVX put together and released on the site. Alex Morales finally tweets, Has Marvel ever created a Book of the Vishanti so fans can purchase them? So Alex wants a magical book. Yeah, he that's wants interesting. I mean, I would love to be able to give you uh, a, a tome of magic and mystery. Well, that's the question There
1: is: do, do you want something that's a replica that just looks like the Book of the Vishanti, Or Are you saying you actually want a book of spells that can, you know do horrible and wonderful things? It's two very different questions. Yeah. We need, need clarification on that. But it, the, the answer in both cases is no. Uh, no, it has not been created. We've,
0: we've not done one of those. Um, Obviously, never say never, but I don't think we have any plans for that. I don't think it's high on the list. No. no. But you never know. If never if, know. If Doctor Strange gets a, a very prominent role, if it's we true. ever do a film or something like that with him. I would rather... Seeing I have, I have Agamotto, yeah, that and, you could like and, wear sure,
1: around, sure. have yeah, on—that yeah. could be a good like paperweight you put on your desk. Yeah, you know, totally.
0: All right, Caitlin and Craig tweet: As psychologists, we debate the most emotionally balanced character. We think Susan Storm gets the win. What do you guys think? That's cool. I didn't
1: know you guys were psychologists or one of you as a psychologist that's very cool definitely interesting to hear from people in the medical community i do question your credentials because susan storm is absolutely not the most emotionally balanced (laughs) character in the marvel universe maybe in recent years but if you go back to the 80s during her malice days she had a split personality she was evil she bad fashion choices horrible fashion hair choices she had a mullet she was a lady with a mullet It was, it was a different time. Don't hate on the mullet. It's a different time. There's there's glory to
0: be had in yeah. the mullet.
1: So I don't think it's Susan Storm. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a prerequisite that if you're going to be in the Marvel universe, it's kind of tough to be emotionally balanced. You're probably gonna get stressed, go crazy at some point. I don't really know who I would yeah, I, list I, as being the most emotionally balanced. I don't think. No one's springing to mind.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any one person who's super emotionally... You know what? I
1: would throw this, too, because I know he listens every week. I'd be interested to hear what uh, Tim Stevens, our official Marvel.com therapist, has to say about this. At Ungaji. Yes, at Ungaji, your archenemy. I would be very curious to hear his opinion. But good question.
0: Yeah. At Lincoln Phoenix tweets, can we suggest our favorite what-if ideas to the podcast? The answer is no. We cannot accept unsolicited ideas or submissions, and that falls under that category. Your ideas for what-if may be cool, but we can't take them because it's just a a legal quagmire. When Ben and I put out our ideas, those fall under the jurisdiction of Marvel ideas. Basically, we're giving away our ideas because we work at Marvel. So. Those could be turned into anything. There's no legal recourse there, and we're, we're freely giving that stuff away as Marvel employees. I mean, you guys can't submit those. If you submit them, I'm just going to delete, delete it, ignore it, not to, not show it on the podcast, unfortunately. Another one from at Lincoln Phoenix says, could we see the development process behind events like Onslaught or Executioner Song, like the backstage stuff?
1: That'd be awesome. It'd, It'd be, be great. Dream. I mean, the only problem is those took place like a decade ago, yeah. so most of the people who worked on them aren't. Working here anymore?
0: Yeah, but I don't think they kept that kind of stuff sure. as handy as maybe some guys would. Right you would
1: be surprised because sometimes when we put out trades of older sure. stuff, you get really detailed recollections. I, you know, maybe we'll hunt her out and see if there was anyone who was here back then. As we come up on the, what is it, the twentieth anniversary, anniversary of Executioner songs? Certainly, we're going to be doing a lot of work, so we may may see who we can track down. Maybe maybe there was someone here who remains will, they will make a pilgrimage to go talk to Ralph Monkey. I was about to say, yeah, we'll go yeah. to Jersey and talk to Ralph. Exactly. Ex- Exactually. Exactly. exactly,
0: Exactly. I just made up a word. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right. A couple from Patrick Monster. He tweets, I love this Brew character in Wolverine and the X-Men. Where can I learn more of his backstory? Well, Brew's first appearance was actually in Wolverine and the
1: X-Men number one. So you are No, he learning was not. That he's not the same character as in Astonishing X-Men. He's not? It's a different character. No. Yep how it is what i'm telling you i don't believe it okay if you want to read the Astonishing x-men arc that christos gage did and pretend that the brood introduced there is brew you can do that but i am 98 sure there are two different characters go ask nick right now right now all
0: right i'm gonna go do it all right so i just sent ben to talk to nick Ben got his answer. We've dragged Nick into the room to deliver it. Nick, tell us what's going on. It didn't take much dragging.
1: He, he uh, left well, out of his seat to come into the room. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. Oh, no, of course. I'm worse.
2: putting actions uh, in your any, step. Any, <laughs> anyone with half a brain knows that Brew oh, debuted in Astonishing X-Men. That was just a, a, a beauty of synergy and of Christos Gage and Jason Aaron working together. We were doing a Brood story in Astonishing and I knew this brew character was coming up. I said this could all be one beautiful intermingling of joy. You know, yeah. it was like when tortilla first met like roasted beef and cheese in in taco form. I love you, Nicola. Hell yeah, yeah. that was yeah,
1: great to see you, Hi, Nick. See you guys
0: later. Would you keep it down in here? Yeah, please? sorry,
1: man. Jiminy Christmas. Can you hear Taylor Swift in there? <laughs> Nick Lowe, the best editor in comics Great right editor. there. It's humbling. You uh, may have to answer the rest of these questions yourself because I'm clearly not qualified to be doing so. That was terrific. So uh, yeah, Patrick Monster, uh, check out the stop. Astonishing X-Men arc that Christos Gage did for the first appearance of Brew. All right, another one from Patrick
0: Monster. What's your favorite combo of comics and background music, if any?
1: That's cool. I do a lot of reading my comics on the train. Um, I don't usually listen to music when I'm on the train, so I, I don't listen to a lot of background music when I do comics. I, I used to when I was younger, and uh, my background music of choice was always Kiss or Guns N' Roses, as befits me. <laughs> yeah, these days I don't really listen to music when I'm reading comics. I got to
0: focus. I gotta sure. I iron sure. focus. I also read a lot of comics on the train. Really, for me, the music changes day to day, week to week, whatever I am on a, a, have a particular kick on. This week, I've been listening to Godspeed, You Black Emperor, Explosions in the Sky, Indie Halda, Mogwai, While on the Train. It's all post-rock stuff. Nancy is looking at me. Uh, I'm assuming. Her, her face was breaking from confusion over the names that I was just... I'm
1: pretty sure you made up at least two of
0: those. I did not make up any of them. No. If you guys like Explosions in the Sky, who are the most popular of the bands that I listed, They're, they had some songs on Friday Night Lights. You will love Godspeed, You Black Emperor. You will absolutely love yindi halda and magwai these are all terrific really great bands they're very you know they have soundscape whatever this isn't a music podcast i won't talk about them here while at work i I listen to music all the time as well i've been listening to the wedding present this week i've been listening to the menzingers i've been listening to elvis costello so it really depends on what i'm particularly into on any given day so let's get to our next question here on This Week in Music. Yeah. I mean, This Week in Marvel. <laughs> Last one from Patrick Monster. How many have survived being injected with a super soldier serum in 616? I can't seem to get a straight answer on this.
1: I don't, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I can think of off the top of my head, certainly Steve Rogers, Nuke. You've got Side from the Dan Jurgens run on Cap. Yeah, pulled that one out of my hat. Mockingbird recently got part of the super soldier serum. I don't think Bucky has any. He just is a dude. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm sure there are more that I'm forgetting, but those are, those are the most well-known. Or in the case of Protocide, not known at all. But I think Cap, Nuke, and most recently Mockingbird are the big ones. Oh, and, uh, of course, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, the original Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, if someone else can get us a more complete list than that or maybe we'll have to we'll have to go ask Tom Brevoort. I'm not running down the Hall of Brevoort's office cuz that's further away than Nick's. Nick's right next door. And Nick is a lot uh wouldn't be Brevoort would punch me if I tried to pull him away from whatever he's doing. Yeah. I you know what? I don't mind that. Yeah, I know you don't mind. Yeah. Nick leapt to be in here. He could not wait to
0: get his get his Nick Mug is either. always
1: welcome on this. Podcast. Always welcome on the podcast. All right,
0: we have a slew of questions from Levi P. Tompkins, they're in all sorts of order, so this may be a bit of a well, struggle. I think I there. Are, if a, you understand there it, there are then a few about Captain it. Marvel in a row, but the first couple. Let's see. First one, he asks how many people listen to this podcast each week. We don't provide those numbers publicly. Every week, we're getting more new listeners and uh, people asking new questions and finding new ways to get the podcast out there. So it's always growing. But I, I just don't give out numbers like that. Another one from Levi P. Tompkins. If I want, if you wanted to, do you guys have the rights to use Leopardon, Japanese Spidey's giant robot? Not sure. I don't know if we have the rights. It's
1: he has a, a leopardon appeared in a uh, Dan slot Spider-Man story, like in the background, one time.
0: But you must have the rights because that wouldn't get past legal. Yeah. So I guess so, but I don't see any reason for us to use the robot.
1: If you can't see a reason to use a giant
0: Spider-Man robot, then I think I think you may be in the wrong line of work. Fair enough. All right. Now we're going into the Captain Marvel block of questions from Levi P. Tompkins. First one says, in the original, he was a Cree from another dimension. Is that still the case? He's talking about the Protector, formerly known as Marvel Boy, I believe. Sure.
1: Yes. In the original limited series by Grant Morrison and JG Jones, uh, Marvel Boy was introduced as a Kree from another dimension. It is still the case. It doesn't get referred to a lot, but it is definitely still the case. He's he's the same Marvel boy who was introduced back then, and all his continuity remains intact.
0: Another one about Captain Marvel. When he contacted the Supreme Intelligence and became the Protector, was that an alternate dimension Supreme I'm pretty sure
1: that was our Supreme Intelligence, but I could be wrong. There's a lot of things about Protector, Marvel boy, that do get a little murky because of the interdimensional thing. That might be something we have to ring up one of our editors to double-check on, but I'm pretty sure he was contacting... Basically, when, when he first came over, he was dealing with an alternate Supreme Intelligence, but I think since he has come to our universe, he has made contact with the current Supreme Intelligence.
0: Okay. What do his Negabands do? Does he still have his old weapons from when he was Marvel Boy? His Negabands do what all Negabands do, which is... Play music, play music, make hot and, dogs. Yeah,
1: you, you can get lots of cool apps on them. Yeah. Uh, you can check your mail. You can make schedules. You can watch videos on some of them. I don't know if he has that current upgrade. Yeah, But he does still have his old map, weapons from when he was Marvel Boy. It's all in his arsenal. Uh, it's all
0: something you can call upon at any time. Yeah. He also has the cockroach DNA. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that was always super weird and super, super creepy, weird. super cool. Yeah. Anyway. Besides the death of Captain Marvel, what's a good classic Marvel story?
1: I'll give you two. The Kree-Skrull War. Captain Marvel actually has a big role in that. And then also a story that we highlighted recently. It doesn't really have a name, but it's the kind of big Avengers versus Thanos battle from the 70s. Uh, It started, I believe, in an issue of Marvel 2-in-1 with the Thing and Spider-Man battling Thanos. It goes over to Avengers, the Avengers Annual and it's, it's basically, it was Thanos' last hurrah for a while, basically from the 70s until he came back in the Infinity Gauntlet. It is a big Adam Warlock story, but it's also a really cool Captain Marvel story. So a lot of, there's a lot of cool Captain Marvel stuff going on in the 70s, uh, anything from his series. But I think those, he, he shined, he tended to shine a lot in Avengers, actually. So if you can find a Avengers story from the 70s or 80s where Captain Marvel appeared, that's usually a pretty good bet.
0: Cool. I actually didn't know all that stuff. Great. Another one from Levi P. Tompkins. Has Monica Rambeau showed up anywhere recently? Any plans for her? It's been a little while since we've seen Monica Rambeau. Shh. There was a, I believe there was a Next Wave appearance somewhere. or Maybe she a cameo appeared, or something. She appeared somewhere. I want to say she showed up in something that Catherine Immonen wrote.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Herald's.
0: Did she show up in Herald's? Yeah,
1: she was in Herald's. Uh, she was in. Herald was really good, by yeah, the way. I yeah, really yeah. dug that book. She was in Herald. She was in Marvel Divas. She's been in a few limited series recently. Yeah, yeah, she was. She, she... has not really had a full-on revival of late. She's a great character. Yeah. So I'd love to see more done with her. Don't know what the current plans are for her, but as always, we say uh, Avengers vs. X Men. Everyone's coming off the bench, so maybe we'll maybe we'll see more of Monica Rambeau, who has never been able to keep a code name because people keep stealing them from her.
0: Uh, hopefully, we'll see her in the near future. Photon. All right. Levi B. Tompkins tweets, My favorite Captain Marvel was Genus. Any chance of bringing him back or his sister,
1: Phyla? I love Genus. He was probably my he was my favorite Captain Marvel.
0: Um, you love him because he, he first appeared with oh, the yeah. ponytail. Legacy. The leather jacket. First
1: appeared in the 90s in Silver Surfer as Legacy. He had a ponytail. Uh, he had a leather jacket. Everything I love. But also, he just had that great... Peter David series with him and so Oh, Rick that was Jones. terrific. So I, that was where, that's where he became my favorite yeah. Captain Marvel. He's currently deceased. Phyla passed away in the lead up to the Thanos Imperative. The Marvel family has yeah, no luck whatsoever. They don't do so well with living. Uh, <laughs> there are no immediate plans for either of them. We do have a new Captain Marvel series coming with Carol Danvers, who does have ties to Marvel. And if you've seen any of the art for the Secret Avengers issues of AVX—you've probably seen someone who looks a lot like Marvel, the original. So, who knows what's going to happen with the Marvel family? Nothing to reveal at this time, but uh, keep your eyes out. Yep.
0: Yeah. Final one from Levi P. Tompkins says, "I saw Philo was going to be an Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero season two. Who's voicing her? We don't know right now. Stromy may be able to answer that on yeah. Twitter, but um, we don't—we actually don't have the full voice cast for the show. Uh, in front of us, and I don't think we've actually released that stuff publicly yet, anyway.
1: That was one of my favorite episodes last season, though, was the Captain Marvel episode, really though. Cool. So I'm looking
0: forward to seeing him again. Yep. All right, couple from at Grey Devil 13. So Jonathan Hickman is ending his Fantastic Four run this year. What's next? Any clues? Absolutely not. What are you, what are you, crazy? Yeah. We're not giving secrets away. No, nice try. Yeah. Grey Devil 13 tweets Bendis isn't taking over Fantastic Four after he's done with Avengers, right? Right. Nice. Stop it. I, I, I admire your persistence. Uh, minus a million
1: for, obviously, we're never going to tell you that. Yeah. So that's minus five twin points. Ooh, mine in, That's a twin infraction. Twin demerits. Twin demerits. Twin demerits, demerits. demerits to
0: Matt Davis. Yeah. Akray Devil Thirteen tweets: Any plans for a mobile version of the Marvel site? You know, we've been talking about it for a while, and there's there's just a million things on the the product and development team's radar. So, yes, we we would. Love to get it done. I just don't have any info for you on that. A couple from at Skull X eighty. What is the Marvel Reevolution? Does it mean that print and digital will be released on the same day? Well, at Skull X eighty. Last week we talked extensively about Reevolution, but we're happy to talk about it again. It's sort of uh, an overarching idea for how we're pushing comics into the future and how we're marrying print and digital in new ways. And currently we've announced two things. One being Infinite Comics. And the Infinite comic is a, it's really a a comic created for the digital platform. And I showed it to tons of fans at WonderCon. It's, the first one is created by Mark Wade and Stuart Eminen. It comes free with any purchase of AVX number one, whether that's print or digital, you get the Infinite comic for free. It's really terrific. It's, I don't want to explain too much, but it's a Nova-centric story and it's told in cool ways and it's really great. If you have a tablet and an iPad, that's the best way to view it, but it also works on any, anything that has the Marvel app running. So yep. my played. Android, your iPhone. Yep. I
1: played on my iPhone the other
0: day. It looked really cool. Yep. Did you get the, the updated version with the full story? No. You should check that out because it has all the entirety of the issue okay. is, is available for I us I will now. do that. But that's going to be available April 4th with the first uh, issue of AVX. And then we also have Marvel AR, which is our augmented reality app. That's going to be available April 2nd, and that is a free app that's triggered off of various parts of, for now, AVX number one, but there will be more comics that work with it.
1: Our video team's been working on that feverishly. I've seen some of the preliminary stuff and some of the stuff that's coming together. It looks awesome. It's going to be such a cool thing, and I can't can't really even do it justice with descriptions. I can't wait till you guys see uh, what's going on with Marvel AR.
0: Yeah, and as far as print and digital being released on the same day, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Every new issue we release this week is available in print and digital the same day, and as we get into April, every that that'll be the yep. case all the time. So, yeah. you know, that's not part of Reevolution, but that's that's something that we've been working towards for a while. Another one from at Skull eighty. I heard mem- many people say that they wish it didn't happen, but what are your thoughts on Spidey's clone saga? You know, I. I don't really have any particular fondness or negative feelings mm-hmm. towards the Clone Saga. I wasn't, I didn't read it when it was out. I read some of it in passing, and I think it brought some cool stuff. It brought Kane. It brought Ben Riley. It, it did seem like a pretty crazy, at times convoluted story. Maybe it went on too long, but in the end, I think it, it helped Spidey's mythos more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I, I had an interesting experience with the Clone Story in that it was going on around when I started reading Marvel uh, or at least parts of like expanding my Marvel so that was really my first experience with Spider-Man and it's a very un-Spider-Man story if that makes any sense you know kind of classic Spider-Man is very light-hearted soap opera that sort of thing and the Clone Saga th- it was very ambitious uh, there was a lot of stuff going on there was mystical aspects there was a lot of reveals and kind of plotting behind the scenes. And like Ryan said, there's some really cool stuff that came out of it. Kane, of course, is a lasting effect. Uh, Ben Riley was a great part of it. Brought back Norman Osborn. Some people forget that. And he's, of course, become a big part of the Marvel Universe. So it was weird for me because it was my first exposure to Spider-Man, and I was like, this isn't really what I want to be reading from Spider-Man. But in the end, I think it's good that it happened because it gave us some cool stuff. And you know, Spider-Man eventually got back to being what you think of as the classic Spider-Man. So I think doing stories like that, that are a little against the grain and that test our characters, is always a risk, but it's usually a good thing because we get some good stuff out of it. Mm -hmm. And the thing about these characters is, as Tom Brevoort says, they're very resilient, so they'll usually bounce back to where they're quote-unquote supposed to be. So you know, doing different stuff with them is always always a cool gamble.
0: Yep. Finally, from at SkullX80, what Marvel movie are you guys most looking forward to? I can't wait to see The Amazing Spider-Man. For me, it's The Avengers, without a doubt. Yeah, no question. More than anything else, it's Avengers.
1: Yeah, I think. uh, Excited for Amazing Spider-Man, but Avengers is just like nothing we've ever seen before. So I'm pretty excited about that. And
0: I got to visit the set for Avengers last year. Our set visits will actually be going up on Marvel.com in the next couple weeks. We have reports and information and you know, quotes and fun stuff. Oh, another one from at SkullX80. This is to Ben. I know you that you love the, the Daredevil movie. No, read about- it.
1: Read it. Is it actually, actually, has he actually wrote it? He tweeted, Hey, know you love the Dear Devil. That sounds like an awesome movie, Dear Devil. It's yeah. like you're asking the devil. It's a de- The devil has an advice column, but neither here nor there. Keep
0: going. <laughs> I know you love the Daredevil movie, but what about the Electra movie?
1: Uh, I've never seen the Electra movie, so I have no comment. I, Fair enough
0: I've never seen it all right at Jman15393 tweets what is the extent of Cyclops's optic beams how powerful are they well that's they are I don't know that we've seen a full extent because he could he could topple yeah. a mountain well
1: that's that's the line they always use is that they're power, powerful enough to topple a mountain I mean it depends what you're measuring it in I don't really know how you would gauge the power of an optic blast Marvel but- hurts yeah, in Marvel Hurts, it's way, way up there. It's yeah. above, say, like, the Shocker. Yeah. Um, Pasha. Sure. But, yeah, you know, Cyclops is a ridiculously powerful mutant. The interesting thing to me is always that, and, and they bring this up from time to time, is you see Cyclops' optic blast, and you always assume they're going to, like, burn somebody because, you know, it's energy. But they are force blasts. They are concussive blasts. So they don't burn. They just hit you. It's like getting hit with a really, really hard punch. Yeah. So... If a punch was powerful enough to level a mountain, kind of picture that, that's how powerful Cyclops' optic beams are. Yeah,
0: it's like if the Hulk punched you. Yeah, is, is about as yeah. probably as powerful as Cyclops it's, it's right up there. Yeah. All right. couple from at Peter Stewart 117, thanking us for the mention. No problem. He also tweets, if Marvel history was taught in my history class, I would definitely pay more attention. We all would. Please pay attention in every class. Yes, you've got to learn. Education is fundamental, totally. I- and then another one says, will the Avengers be having an awesome band backing it like Iron Man 2 did with ACDC? There's some mar- there's some music stuff probably happening for the Avengers, but nothing to report at this time. And I don't believe it, so there's anything like the ACDC connection from Iron Man 2. At Pancake Q tweeted, last week there were two people tweeting us, both with the name Jeffrey Frost. And we were a little confused. We thought it was some person tweeting us from two oh, yeah, different yeah, yeah. accounts. But clarifies by saying... The other one, at oh. Blue Man Gold Sky is my dad. We have the same name. Sorry for the confusion. Oh, that's kind of a cool explanation. Yeah, I I'm love glad. that. I'm glad Two we generations the, yeah. of Twin listeners.
1: I'm glad we got that resolution, too, because that was really was keeping me up.
0: Yeah, Jeffrey Frost also tweeted that, Going to WonderCon hope to meet Agent M and explain the name thing. Did you meet him? I uh, did not. Mm. Didn't say hello. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. At PancakeQ tweets, what Happened to S.H.I.E.L.D. by Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver. I was really enjoying it. It's still coming out. There's, I think, two more issues. We talked yeah. about it a little bit. At yeah, WonderCon. It,
1: it, it comes out, you know, sporadically because it's a big story. and It takes a lot of work, but it's still coming.
0: Yeah, and Tom Brevoort also said that he is working with writers to find, you know, cool ways that make sense incorporating those characters throughout the Marvel Universe. Other writers awesome. want to use those characters. It's not forcing them in. It's other yeah. writers want to play with the toys that Jonathan Hickman set out. So that's going to be really cool.
1: Love to see that. That would be very cool.
0: Yeah. Another one from pa- at PancakeQ. For the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man, will we see the Spider-Mobile return?
1: You never know.
0: That's a good question. All right. Got all year. At Dirty Lash <clears throat> tweeted us all the Zodiac symbols. Oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks. Maybe we'll use them next time we're... Yeah. Next Avengers Assemble issue. Yeah, yeah, that would be helpful. All right. At Epoch252 tweeted, After seven crazy weeks of being behind on This Week in Marvel, I am finally caught up. Note to self, don't fall behind again. Well, we... Thank you for catching yeah. up on all those episodes, though. Admire that dedication. Thank yeah. you very much. That's We've been... a lot of listening, too. We... That's like 50 hours. Yeah. We've been
1: missing your questions, too, so we're glad mm. you're back, especially this next question.
0: Uh, at Epoch252 tweets, I love the Daredevil movie, too. You should definitely check out the director's cut, though. I think
1: I think I've got to. I think uh, you know Ungaje is coming up to visit me soon.
0: I can uh, loan you the director's cut. Do you I actually have it? own it. It was given to me and I I'll I have prop. a thing where I don't want to give away I don't want to sell or give away a gift that's given to me, yeah. so I have it in my DVD collection.
1: I will borrow that from you. Maybe the weekend he comes up and we'll we'll I'll review it on the show the next week. Great. My review will be it's
0: awesome. Fantastic. Spoiler alert. At Epoch two five two tweets. Should I go ahead and pick up the Hero Killers trade, or wait and see if it's in a future volume of New Warriors Classic?
1: No, you should pick up the Hero Killers trade because I don't know if it's going to be in New Warriors Classic because it's uh, it's actually a Spider-Man story technically because it crossed through three yeah. Spider-Man annuals and then one New Warriors annual. So, yeah, and it's a and good story.
0: It's it's a you know all of it is rather obscure. Yes, you know, so I don't see us collecting it in two different ways anytime soon, I would I would definitely get the Hero yeah. Killers. Get it now. Yeah. Alright, so we got some from Ms. Marvel Girls. Oh boy. She's excitedly tweeting about Sarah Pacelli and making that she makes Ultimate Spider-Man even awesomer. We agree. Ms. Marvel Girl tweets that her This Week in Marvel influences for this past week were Punisher, more Avengers, and face-punching my favorite creators as a result of fandom.
1: Mm, I don't know if I'd recommend punching your favorite creators.
0: That could... It is
1: what it is. You can't you can talk about it, but I mean if you're gonna go to a con and do that, you you may not yeah, probably don't. may not be welcome back.
0: Yep. Yeah. Ms. Marvel Girl says I get the award last week for referencing polyamory. Yeah. I don't know what award that is, but thank you. I accept it. You know, you haven't mentioned Gandalf yet this week. It's not Gandalf, what? it's Dumbledore.
1: Oh, sorry. I guess it wasn't there's hasn't been an organic use for it yet. Ugh. Ms. Marvel Girl I'll
0: get you, Harry Potter. T- tweets, is Strami podcasting from inside a washing machine? Yeah, his, te- <laughs> his audio last week was awful. I like picturing Strami inside a washing machine yeah, spinning yeah, around yeah, yeah. trying to uh, Also, if you, are, if you listen to the interview podcast with Sam Humphrey, you can catch Strami's laugh, which oh, wow. is a delight to everyone. Yeah. It'll haunt your dreams. Yes. Ms. Marvel Girl tweets that she hated cable for years and loved Deadpool. Her favorite book of all time, Cable and Deadpool. You know it. Boom. Interesting. Yes. And she tweets that, if she can do better than Victoria Hamm, (laughs) who would we recommend? Please not Glob, Herman, or Martha. Hmm. Well. We're trying to set set Miss Marble Girl up with somebody. There's, uh, from Runaways.
1: Julie Power. Right? There's also Julie Power. Oh, Runaways Carolina. Carolina or Julie Power? I think Julie Power would be. Julie Power seems like the type type of girl who would really just be a nice... No. A good
0: foil because this Marvel girl, she's she's she curses a lot. She's fun. I she's think excited. Julie
1: Power would keep her grounded. Yeah, they'd be a they'd be a nice match. I like that. Yeah, Julie Power is my suggestion. Make it make it, make it so. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> At the Ninja 1991 tweeted: "I'm reading Scarlet Spider. Where is the old costume? Am I tripping, or do Scarlet Spider have different power than Spider Man?" I read that as it was written. Yeah. But that's that.
1: Uh, as far as where is the old costume, the old Scarlet Spider costume, uh, it's you know, burned somewhere. Ben Riley has been for years. No, he died in the Spider Man costume. No, he died in the Spider-Man costume. But Spider-Man yeah, costume, but, man. but I think he burned it years before that. Sure. Yes, Kane Kane has modified powers from Spider-Man. That was kind of one of the cool things when he was introduced is he has all the Spider-Man's powers, but because he was a clone and the jackal was messing around with how to modify him, he has different versions of Spider-Man's powers. I don't know how much of that has changed after Spider Island. We're still exploring that, but Back in the day, the way Spider-Man could stick to walls, Kane would actually use that to like imprint his hand on people's faces. It was called the Mark of Kane. It was awesome. And in the same way that Spider-Man has his spider sense so he can sense danger around him, Kane actually had the next level up, which was he had like a precognitive sense. He could see things coming in the future. So how many of those powers survived his transformation during Spider-Island we're still kind of seen, but he has a similar but modified power set to Spider-Man.
0: Very cool. PCE underscore Meat tweeted, two Marvel characters hooked up and you are their progeny. Which two? For him, it's Galactus and Howard the Duck. Jokes is the hashtag oh. there. Jokes. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Jokes.
0: I don't even want to answer this question. Yeah, I, I, I have no
1: <laughs> I idea stay away
0: from this. whose child I yeah, would I want, be. I want to run. I, I, you know what? I would be M.O.D.O.K. and Cable's kid. Yeah. Figure that one out. I agree. Yeah. Think, <laughs> think on that for a little bit. All right. Final two questions. And this is a new listener, I believe. Remember Reach. Cool. Welcome. Yeah. Remember Reach tweets, if any superhero could come to your house, who would it be? Hmm. I, I would hang out with Deadpool. We'd eat tacos and yeah. watch like wrestling and stuff. It would be terrific.
1: Yeah. I think I would want to hang out with Cannonball because he's just a polite dude, very nice, southern hospitality. I feel like he'd clean my house. So you want someone to work for you when yeah. come over? Whenever Whenever we get a question, like, yeah, by the way, you should come over to my new house soon. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whenever Whenever it's like, what superhero can you meet? I, I look for the practical uses. Sure. But no, okay. I just I think you'd be a cool guy. Fair enough. Plus, if you're hanging out with Deadpool, I'm hanging out with Cannonball, we got the X-Force connection. It'd be, be a lot of fun.
0: Can we get Gideon to hang out as well? I only hope so. His yeah. schedule's probably pretty booked. He's pretty popular. Yeah. All right. Final question of the week is from at Remember Reach. It is if any Marvel superhero were to kill you. Who would be? <laughs> what? That's a total 180 from the last question. I would like to hear Nancy's answer for that one. I'm thinking of the most the least painful way to die right now. That's, I think
1: that's yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the that's way to do it. That's very yeah. smart.
0: You know who I think is really would be really really kind to me? That would be Xavier.
1: Professor Xavier, you yeah. just, shut your, just brain shut your mind in. off. Yeah, yeah.
0: it just just completely made me a vegetable. or we something. Should, we, should have, we should have we should
1: have you read Onslaught sometime. Yeah, Let's see how nice he's going to be. He had a little bit of a heel turn. He's,
0: he's kind of he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, who would kill you, Ryan Cable? I will have done something wrong to threaten the future. Yeah. Obviously, that is my destiny. Yeah. He would have to stop me. We would fight and dance, and then fight <laughs> and he would kill. Dance. Me. I would have Thanos do it.
1: I mean, he's not technically a
0: superhero. He's not a hero. But if we're talking about, we got look stick to, stick to the stick question. To the wars. question.
1: All right, who would I have do it? I would have. Well, then if you're gonna do the flip side, of that I've Adam Warlock to it, because mm. that man he knows death, he's familiar with it, he's intimate, he's an
0: artist. He, he would he probably put you into the soul gem for like a billion years and then kill you. I would. I can. Ha- yeah, but that, there you oh, go. Oh, you, you get, get to hang, hang out, out with the, like the, that weird dude, Judge Krakoa, or oh, whatever the hell yeah, his name he's is. Yeah, so
1: cool. Judge Krator. know oh, yeah. Whatever. I want to go to the soul gem. Yeah. So Adam Warlock. Cool. Also I don't want to die.
0: <laughs> right, so that's a good way to end this week in Marvel. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Strami. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank You're welcome. You, thank you to everyone who tweeted us all the great questions, and all the great listeners. Again, you can tweet to at Benj Morse, at agent underscore M, at Marvel, at Strami, at Bounty Rolos, at Fangirling Daily. This is the cast and crew of This Week in Marvel. <laughs> Starting next week, you can tweet to at Blake Garris, who will be editing Exciting. the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's it for This Week in Marvel, number 21. We'll have two more episodes for you next week, so enjoy it. This is Marvel, your universe.